This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Slater's America's the greatest country in the world. Thanks for being here. Happy Saturday. Busy day as always. We're going to talk later about splitting California into two different states, which for the record, I'm all in on. I'm I'm totally in favor of this. This is different than uh, having California leave the country and then turn into its own different, distinct, separate country. I'm not for that. But for splitting California into two different states, I'm all in. And I'll explain why coming up. The only reason I'm against it is I don't know what uh, the flag would look like with 51 stars. That doesn't wouldn't even feel kind of weird. So I don't know how he's figured that. But so I think we can, we can figure that one out if we need to. So we'll talk about that. Uh, I got an incredible story about lobotomies. And hookworm, which I promise will all relate to politics today. So we'll do all that coming up. Miss L, do we have uh, 1426 or or not? It's, it's cool if we don't. We do have it. Oh, perfect. Look at this. What? Uh, I can't think of a better way to start off today's show than with uh, a little video I saw the other day. Hit it. Come on, let me show you something. That's all right. I could stop time. Don't worry about time. Put your foot right here. Okay. You get the free shoe shine. I do this for everybody. I just thought you looked like an interesting person. See, so, you know, I'm not so interesting. I'm just a shoe shine man. See? Nah. My name is Larry Woods, and they call me Mr. Sunshine. My man, come on, put that foot right here. Shining shoes is how I connect with people to sell my product. Beeswax. Never in a thousand years did I think I'd become a shoeshine man. Back in the 80s, I was made. The mansion, the chauffeur, the Rolls Royce, Don Perry on every night. My head was stuck up so high, I thought everybody had to jump to whatever I said. It happened in a fruit shop. My head was thumping from a hangover, and it pissed me off. Every time I threw something on the counter, the old Chinese man, he'd say, thank you. 
When I turn to leave and I see the Rolls Royce, it hits me. I could see by the way he was just how much I had lost myself. That right there was the start of something, changing me. Some people might think I'm like this now because I lost all my money. The way I see it, money don't make you happy. It just gives you a better quality of unhappiness. I've made bad decisions. I've hurt people. Some things I could never take back. Every morning I wake up, I just try to be better and live up to my creed. If there's any good that I can do or any kindness I can show, let me do this now or I shall not pass this way again. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to say one thing before I go. Everybody wants to be somebody. But remember, be somebody that's nice. Thank you. First of all, how cool would it be if everywhere you walked around, that beat was playing behind you? Like someone just... Someone just carried a, a boombox behind you. You walk down the street to that beat. Uh, I love that money doesn't make you happy. It just gives you a better quality of unhappiness. So there you got a millionaire who realized he was unhappy and, and a terrible person. Just gave it up. Shine shoes. Gets to be with people throughout the day. Brighten other people's days. It's a pretty good life. Better than the person who makes people's days worse. Which is what he was. I just thought that was a good tone to set for the start of the show. All right, I want to play uh, a quick clip here of an interview I did the other day on my local show in San Diego with the owner, founder of the Surgery Center of Oklahoma. So the Surgery Center of Oklahoma is an incredible group. Check out their website. They are in the free market of medicine. So these guys, these used to, they used to work at the hospital. Um, they're highest quality. They're, they're the surgery guys uh, for everyone. You, you can go. Uh, but they also do all the surgery for the Oklahoma City Thunder NBA team. So they're as high quality as you can get. And all their prices are online. So you go to their website, and if you need a hip replacement or a knee replacement or any type of surgery, it has a list of the prices. And they are a tenth, a tenth of what they charge at the hospital. Do you, Listen, last time you got something done at the hospital, do you have any idea what it cost? No. Surgery or, or medicine, healthcare is the one thing in our economy that we have no idea what it costs until after you get it done. Right? Nancy Pelosi, the healthcare bill, Nancy Pelosi, remember, she said you got to pass it to find out what's in it. With surgery and every other hospital stay, you got to have surgery to find out how much it costs. So obviously the prices are going to go up when that happens. So the Surgery Center of Oklahoma said, well, hold on, we're just going to post our prices online. It's a tenth of what they charge at the hospital. And you know what the effect has been? Prices drop at all the hospitals around town. But I asked uh, Dr. Smith there, I said, well, hold on, why? What, why, why, is it, why do we not know what things cost? And why are prices going up so high? And how can you offer them for so cheap? Here's what he said, take this in. And I wanna, let me know if you've ever heard this before in your entire life. I haven't. Here it is. Here it is. 
insurance companies really don't care how much the medical care costs. They're in the business of selling discounts. If medical care costs more than the insurance company would like, they just raise premiums the next year. So that that sounds totally counterintuitive. You would think, okay, they collect premiums, they pay claims, and the difference is what they keep. It's more complicated. What they do is they take a $100,000 bill from a hospital, they discount it down to some amount, let's say 20000 and then they ride into the office of the employer group that bought that policy and says, you know, we just rode in our white horse, saved you $80,000, and per the terms of our agreement, we are due some of that savings, some percentage of that savings. It's usually 20 30%. So when you think through that, you realize the insurance companies don't want a $3,740 bill for a knee arthroscopy on my website. What they really want is a $50,000 bill so that they can maximize their revenue from this shared savings scam. Yeah, that's exactly why. And they don't. They don't want anything to do with my fair prices because it denies them that opportunity. All right, so, so, so they want the $50,000 bill. So I'm just going to repeat this so I get this right. They want the $50,000 bill from the hospital so they can go to the workplace and say, we talked the bill down to $3,000. Yes. are not we great? But yes. you're going to have to pay for, well, let's see, we saved you forty grand. So I don't know. Why don't you pay us 10000 Yes. They pay, so they ask to be paid, and they contract to be paid for that discounting service, and that's where they make a lot of their money. And you think, well, these poor hospitals? No, the hospital <laughs> throw the hospital throws this hundred thousand dollar bill out, partly because they started at fifty thousand, but the insurance company said, "Can you do a brother a favor and make it a hundred thousand? Then the hospital throws out this meaningless hundred thousand dollar bill, glad to accept twenty thousand. To make it even simpler, simpler, let's say they charge $100 for an aspirin. That's not uncommon, by the way. And the insurance company pays $5. Well, the hospital says we've lost $95. Never mind, they paid a penny for the aspirin or less. But the hospital will claim that they lost $95 when they really didn't. And all that red ink helps them maintain the fiction of their not-for-profit status. Wow. And so they don't pay tax through this scam. But even worse, they add up all of these losses, call it uncompensated care, kick that to Washington, D.C., and then they get a kickback to the extent that they claim these losses. So it's like a reverse Enron where Enron said they actually increased their revenue by overstating their gains, the hospitals make more money by overstating their losses. Wow. So well, what, what's that's, the, what's that's, the, isn't that amazing? And then a carnival. Have you ever heard that? So the economy is all about incentives. The, the natural incentive in a free market is to provide better service than the other guy for a lower price, right? That's, that's the natural incentive. Better service, lower price. But the incentives that, have, that now exist after 100 years of government involvement in hospitals and health insurance and healthcare, the natural incentives now are for the hospitals to charge prices that have nothing to do with reality, which benefits them because then the insurance companies come in and say, oh, we're only going to pay this much, which is still way more than it actually costs. 
the hospitals can go, oh, look how wonderful we are for giving away and losing all this money uh, in order to, to help out these people. And the insurance companies come in and they say, uh, they go to the employers and say, well, look how much money we discounted the price of this healthcare. You have to pay us 20% of whatever we saved you. Meanwhile, as the doctor said, the hospital charged $100 for an aspirin. The insurance company discounted it to five, but it really cost a penny. So like, what? This is why, and I, I talked to a friend who's super progressive, and he went to, or it was a friend, I think, who got in a car accident in Mexico and went to the, uh, had to go to the hospital for two days. And they were going to give him the bill. And he's like, oh, geez, I don't have insurance here in Mexico. This is going to be so much money. I'm ruined. And the bill was like 180 bucks. And he's like, wait a second. I was here for two days. How can it be $100? Well, that's what it would cost in America if we didn't have this scam of a system that we currently have today. Now, he comes back to America and is now an advocate for socialized medicine. Government. Uh, lowering prices. But no, it's the government is the reason why the prices are so high in the first place. Government is the poison. Government was the problem. Government is why it's so screwed up right now. Otherwise, it would cost 100 bucks a night in the hospital. Because that's what it actually costs when you don't have the incentive of the hospitals and the insurance companies to jack up the prices artificially. Amazing. The reason why it costs so much is because of government. And this is why the Obamacare failed, but also why the, the uh, Republicans replacement bill failed, because it's just more government or at least different government. But we need to not only repeal Obamacare, as we said last week, and as we said five years ago, we got to repeal and then repeal and then repeal and then keep repealing 100 years of government mandates and control in the health care field. It's not repeal and replace. It's repeal and repeal and repeal and repeal and repeal. And that's why Obamacare light wasn't even close. I'll give you another example of this next. We've got to take a break. The one 900 Slater Radio on Twitter. And please search for the Mike Slater Show on Facebook and, uh, and friend us there. Mike Slater Show, the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. This is Mike Slater. I look forward to hearing about Chris Cruz's girl stay at the spot too. Uh, I hope that last clip there, please share that with, with people. Cause I don't know. I, I've never heard that my whole life and I've never heard any Republican talk about that either. And that's why I'm so frustrated. So I'm so frustrated. Do not get trapped into this replace or repeal and replace game. Do not. It is repeal and repeal and repeal. I'm so frustrated at the Republicans in in Congress for not explaining this to the American people, for not simply getting up there just like that doctor did or having the doctor giving him a platform to get up there and expose the true story of what's going on with our hospitals and insurance companies. How can that possibly be? 
you know, Paul Ryan got up there and said, you know, we're the opposition party. Now we're the governing party. And there's a lot of growing pains in that transition. Give me a break. Even when you were the opposition party, you never explained the, the, the root of why prices are going up so high. And it's really not that hard. You know, a week or so ago, we talked about the, con- the bill from uh, the congressman, I think from Alabama, Brooks, who had the one sentence Obamacare repeal bill. One sentence. Obviously one page. It was one sentence long. It's not that hard. It's really not that hard to do this. Everyone's making it way, way, way too complicated. It's like the scene in uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, you know, when Indiana runs out and, and uh, there's the master swordsman there and the swords guy's like, he's spinning around, throwing the, and Indiana Jones is just standing there and he pulls out his gun, shoots him, and then just keeps running. Like that's, like, that's how it's got to be. By the way, you know, the, the behind the scenes of that scene, uh, hilarious they, they were filming in tunisia and the original script had indiana doing this epic uh duel with with the swordsman guy right like indiana had his whip and this guy had his sword and it's gonna be a whole thing but harrison ford had dysentery and uh well he couldn't couldn't really be away from his trailer for for more than like 10 minutes because he uh had to had to go back frequently. So the night before they were supposed to film, they did a rehearsal and they said they figured it was going to take three days to film this scene. And this was the last scene they were going to film before they were going back to England. So Spielberg and, and Ford are talking and Harrison Ford says, you know, I just had this fight with a group of guys in the scene before this. It's a bit redundant. Why don't I just shoot the son of a gun? And Steven Spielberg was like, okay, so the British stuntman, who's the swords guy, he's been practicing the scene for months, and then they finally get to film it, and Indiana Jones pulls out his gun and shoots the guy. It takes five minutes, and then they all get on a plane and go back to England. I think that's the perfect metaphor for Obamacare. Obamacare's the swordsman. And it just seems like it's impossible to beat it back legislatively. There's no way we can unwind it from our lives. It's too intertwined in our existence. We need three phases. And maybe even four or five phases. Give me a, just shoot the son of a gun. It's a one sentence bill. Pfft, done. It's repealed. That's it. What are we doing? Why are we making it so complicated? It's not. Because the truth is those Republicans, many of them don't even really want to repeal it. Because the insurance companies certainly don't want to repeal it. So frustrating. That uh, Indiana Jones scene, it's really just the Gordian knot. You may have heard of that before. Long story short, it's uh, King Midas. He tied his oxen cart to a pole with this super complex knot, right? like this giant ball of rope. Right? You know, like Chris, you know, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation when they get the lights out of the garage and this is a giant knot, right? We've all been there. Uh, so that's this giant knot. It was an oxen cart tied to the pole. And the, the, the legend was anyone who could loosen the knot would rule over all of Asia. So Alexander the Great rolls into town and obviously... He hears about this and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to undo the knot. No problem. So he tries and he tries, tries to loosen it. Uh, he tries to you know, pull it. He basically does what you do when you try to put your Apple headphones on. You know, when you take your Apple headphones out of your pocket and it's like, how did that even turn into such a knot? And you, you like, first you start slow and then you're like, you're, you're just shaking really fast. And then you kind of get back to doing it eventually. So he couldn't do it. He couldn't get it. Everyone's like, oh. So he takes a step back and he says, well, it makes no difference how they are loosened. And he takes out his sword and whoosh, slices them right in half. Done. Not, not untied. 
It, it's a pet peeve. And then he ruled over all of Asia. Pet peeve of mine when people make things too complicated. And you've been there when you're in a meeting and there's like something super simple that gets proposed. And everyone's like, oh, like maybe in a couple of years we can do this. And who does, who's going to be? It's like, what are you doing? Just do it. Now, I know I, I err too, too far on the side of get things done as simply as possible. And some things are a bit more complicated than maybe I want them to be. But it doesn't have to be that much more complicated. Right? Why does it have to be more than a one-sentence bill? First things first, just get rid of Obamacare. Done. That's it. Take the knife out. Cut in half. And then, don't stop. Just keep going. Until we get back to a system that actually makes sense. And you want to know when, you want to know a good sign for when the system will make sense? You want to know a good sign? When people know what healthcare costs. That'll be a good sign. When you actually know what healthcare costs, that's a good sign that we're getting back to a free market in healthcare. Until then, nothing will change. If you don't know the price of a thing, of course the prices are gonna keep going up and up and up. Someone's making money and someone's paying for it. You're the one paying for it. Slider Radio on Twitter, Mike Slider Show on Facebook. 1-800-1888-933-93. Mike Slider Show, spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Mike Slater. Slater, who said Um, I want to play this clip here, and all right, we'll bring this into a story that Glenn talked about the other day. I heard Glenn talking about this, and I was like, "Oh, I." This reminds me of something. So this is a, a New York Times video. It's 15 minutes long. Can't play the whole thing, obviously, but I just took out a little bit here and there uh, that I think you get the idea. The article is called The Unrealized Horrors of Population Explosion, meaning the the population explosion was a big fear, but it never happened, right? The Unrealized Horrors of Population Explosion. Um, The video starts off with Paul Ehrlich today. So this is Paul Ehrlich, like as a 70-year-old man, still making the same claims he made in the 70s. So the first clip is of him today. And then every time you hear him, it's back when he was, um, you know, on the, on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson and stuff like that. Okay, enjoy. Ehrlich laid out his hypothesis in a slim volume called The Population Bomb. It was a call to action for many, including a student Ehrlich advised, Stuart Brand. There's too many people, and we'd like to see people have fewer children and better ones. The whole idea that people make more people who make more people until there's too many people, and by then it's too late, that's a very persuasive argument. Adrian Germain, a young women's health advocate, found herself drawn to Ehrlich as well, due to his support of birth control. The message was that we were already in a crisis, and if we didn't have urgent and immediate action, the world would simply destroy itself. Look at what the year 2000 will be. Our cities are going to be choked with this people. Nixon. They're going to be choked with traffic. They're going to be choked with crime. When gloom looked real. Net world population is increasing by 23 people every 10 seconds. It's clear that world population growth remains completely out of control. I bought it totally. Many of my friends bought it totally. 
and organize an event for 60 people to starve in public. What are you trying to prove? Um, it's about pain in the world. Maybe anybody who's thinking of having a third child ought to go hungry a week. The mode became, don't have kids. There's nothing in the world. And if your friends have kids, it's fine if they feel uncomfortable about that. We had formed an organization called Zero Population Growth. And then Johnny took me on The Tonight Show. Would you welcome Dr. Paul Ehrlich? You have to get the death rate and birth rate in balance. And there's only two ways to do it. One is to bring the birth rate down. The other is to push the death rate up. I did the show maybe 20 times. And we went from six chapters and 600 members to 600 chapters and 60,000 members. Ehrlich's views on how to bring the birth rate down were concrete. Compulsion if voluntary methods fail. Creating a blacklist of people, companies, and organizations impeding population control in the U.S. Responsibility prizes for childless marriages. A tax on children. And a luxury tax on diapers and cribs. The concerns about population became misanthropic. And it was taken with so much seriousness that Paul Ehrlich could recommend things like putting stuff in public water that would make people not as fertile. Panic is not too strong a word to use for some of the advocates that I referred to as true believers. It was a, a zeitgeist that was taking shape. Amazing. Uh, again, it's part of a 15-minute documentary. We could go on. I think you get the idea. Um, Two quick notes. Walter Cronkite, you heard there, he said the, the population of the world is out of control. At the time, it was 3.6 billion. Now it's 7.5 billion. And how about that guy in there who said, uh, you know, we need uh, fewer children and better ones. Now, that was in the 70s. What else happened in the 70s? It's a big question. A lot of things happened in the 70s later. Uh, whatever, what happened in the seventies was somewhat related to this Roe v. Wade underlying the entire debate about abortion was the idea that there were already too many people on the planet and therefore we are all going to die. As Ehrlich said, there are two ways to control population, increase the death rate or decrease the birth rate. Okay, so we're going to decrease the birth rate. We can do that in a bunch of different ways, as he talked about, maybe putting something in the water that makes people infertile, right? So we're going to do different things to decrease the birth rate. But when it comes to increasing the death rate, I mean, we could kill old people, but it's a lot easier to kill babies before they're born than it is to kill people who are already born. You're saying, whoa, so that's, that's an, taking a leap here. Well, got a quote here from Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court, Supreme Court Justice. She said in 2009, she said, I was surprised that the court went as far as it did in Roe v. Wade. And I did think that the Medicaid reimbursement cases down the road, uh, that perhaps the court was thinking it did not want more women. Excuse me. It did want more women to have access to reproductive choice. Okay, what is reproductive choice? Reproductive choice means abortion. Okay. So the court was thinking it did want more women to have access to abortion. At the time, there was a concern about too many people inhabiting our planet. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, says there was an organization called Zero Population Growth. In the press, there were articles about the danger of crowding our planet. So there was, at the time of Roe v. Wade, considerable concern about overpopulation.
Now, I, I am not going to suggest that Ginsburg or any of the justices decided on Roe v. Wade specifically and solely because of population growth. But nationwide, that was a serious movement of people who, of course, also supported abortion. It was, and at the end of that clip, you heard one of the guys say it was the zeitgeist, right? Zeitgeist is like the culture. It's in, it's in the air, right? It was the culture of the era that there's too many people on the planet. Well, what's a good way to resolve that? Well, more abortion. And what else does abortion do? Well, you're going to have fewer kids, but also because most of the people who have abortion are going to be poor people and, and minority people, you're going to have not only fewer kids, but better ones, like that guy just said. One of the justices who decided, Blackman, in Roe v. Wade, he said, in addition, this is, this is actually in the Roe v. Wade decision. He said, quote, in addition, population growth, pollution, poverty, and racial overtones tend to complicate and not to simplify the problem. So here we are. Population growth was a concern back then, a serious concern. Now, you remember last week, maybe it was two weeks ago, we talked about how there's no such thing as different races. There's only, Scientifically, biologically, anthropologically, there's only one human race there's one race there's no there's no different races the concept of race came from 18th century scientists who measured the volume of skulls and they, they determined that the skulls of white people were bigger which means that white people have bigger brains which means for means there which means therefore that white people are smarter than black people and now morally can enslave them okay that was the science of race that today's discussion of race is based on so when people talk about race today and the different races and how even if it's like in a nice way like oh well we have to transcend our differences what differences well our racial differences no there is no such thing as different races we're all one the science that you're basing that on is filling skulls with mustard seeds and measuring them and then determining which had a bigger brain like that is so stupid that is so stupid but that's the science that we base race off of today which is why I say stop even thinking along those lines. That, that, that's, that's a broken foundation. Bad science, to say the least. So stop talking about races as if there are, diff- there are different races. There's not. There's just one. I don't know why anyone would want to be associated with that. Similarly, many people who support abortion today are motivated, mm, influenced by the eugenicists of 40, 50 years ago. The people who said, wow, there's too many people on the planet and there's the wrong kind of people, which of course is what Margaret Sanger thought. And she is the founder of Planned Parenthood. That was her motivation for increasing abortion all along. So if you support this, that's who you're a part of. That's the group you're a part of. Whether you like it or not, you both have the same goal in mind. 1-888-933-93. i got to take a break. I want to tell you what, what uh, they're doing in California uh, about this next. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater. 
So we've talked before, of course, how the media is uh, they're hysterical against uh, Trump. And as we, as we predicted before Trump won, we said if he wins, uh, when he wins, you will see a more vigilant press than any time ever in your life. Right? Every, all the journalists will suddenly remember how to investigate and, and ask tough questions and undercover reporting and all. And you're going to see so many reports about how much presidential vacations cost. And, and uh, uh, there's going to be people on TV keeping track of how many times President Trump goes on golf outings all of a sudden again, right? <laughs> so all these journalism techniques will suddenly rush back to these journalists who have taken the last eight years off. Uh, that being said, they failed their first big test. As T. Beckett Adams said, uh, news that the California Attorney General was going to pursue felony charges against two people who went undercover to expose Planned Parenthood selling body parts. That was met by the press with a mixture of yawns and giggles. You remember this story, right? These two guys did undercover videos of uh, people who work at Planned Parenthood. And and these people worked, talked about how uh, the abortion uh, process works and how much they get compensated for different body parts and all this stuff. You, you, you get that. You remember. So... It's against the law in California to record someone without their knowledge if privacy, uh, if there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. So the new California attorney general, I'll get to this in a second, why he's new, but the new California attorney general uh, is pursuing 15 felony charges against these two guys. And obviously many years in prison. Now, a lot of people and I have been calling this selective prosecution. Why? There's a group called Mercy for Animals. And they frequently, but most recently, went to a poultry slaughterhouse in 2015. Undercover videoed it and released a long video about all the abuse that was happening there to chickens. And in response, the New York Times wrote a long editorial talking about how there are too many laws limiting undercover journalism. And the New York Times made the argument that these laws are a violation of journalists' civil liberties. You following that? You got that, right? So the New York Times says these laws against undercover journalism, against undercover footage, violate their civil liberties. Not the people who they're recording, but the people doing the recording. It violates their civil liberties. So here we are two years later. I guess it was really around the same time, like a year later. We have those same laws, which the New York Times was against, those same laws being used against undercover journalists against Planned Parenthood. And now they're getting the book thrown at them with 15 felony charges. Two political, two corrupt politicians involved in this. First, you have Kamala Harris. She was the attorney general in California. Now she's California's U.S. senator. I don't have time to go into this, but we have emails. We have the emails sent between her office and Planned Parenthood about a bill called AB 1671, which was written in response to these undercover videos, which makes it a crime to secretly record video footage of healthcare providers. And Planned Parenthood wrote this bill and sent it to the attorney general to make sure that these videos never happen again. Kamala Harris ran for U.S. Senate. She received $40,000 from pro-abortion lobbying groups in her campaign. The current attorney general who took her, her place, Javier Becerra, he... Uh, is the guy who's currently filing the four, the 15 felony charges. He's been a congressman for the last 20-something years, almost 30 years. He's received, of course, thousands of dollars in, abor- in uh, uh, money from uh, abortion uh, 
clinics and Planned Parenthood and, and, and lobbying groups. So we have these two big abortion people going out of their way to do Planned Parenthood's bidding, whether legislatively or in the courts, because they expose the truth about what Planned Parenthood is doing. And they're the same people who did nothing and I'm sure celebrated when Mercy for Animals did the same thing when they exposed abuse to chickens. But when we show abuse of humans, oh, we can't have that. So Glenn mentioned this the other day. He used the word martyr and I agree. I think uh, if I, and it's easy for me to say, but if I were one of the two guys who did this, I think you, you it's outrageous that you're being charged like this. But And I, they may not even, uh, they may win. Right? These two guys might win. I don't think the state even has a good case against them. Long story, but there was a, another Supreme Court case uh, where Dateline did an undercover video of two guys who ran this 1-800 number and were scamming people. And they did an undercover video, put it on Dateline. The 1-800 people sued them. And the Supreme Court ruled in favor of Dateline when they said, listen, they recorded these two guys at a restaurant. You have no reasonable expectation of privacy at a restaurant because these 1-800 guys are talking and a waiter comes to the table and the guys didn't stop talking or whisper their voices. Like you're at a restaurant. And a lot of these videos from the Planned Parenthood guys were just in a restaurant too. So you don't even have a reasonable expectation of privacy there. So these two guys might win. Even if they don't, whatever you're getting in trouble for, you did it for righteous reasons. And I think you face the earthly penalty for what you did. Um, But that doesn't mean you shouldn't have done it. And I'm glad they did. I guarantee they changed a lot of lives and changed a lot of hearts and minds with what they did. And that makes it worth it. 1-888-900-3393. You can uh, search for The Mike Slater Show on Facebook. Join us there. I got a really great story about uh, how there's no such thing as race coming up next. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.